Hi, this is Amy. You're about to hear an episode of a new podcast called Uprise Daily. This podcast collects protest news from around the country. We will be contributing to this project by occasionally doing recordings. If you like what you hear, subscribe to Uprise Daily wherever you get your podcasts and follow them on Twitter at Uprise Daily. Liz and I were really surprised at how much news we hadn't heard about. There are stories unfolding in small towns across the country that aren't making the headlines. So give it a listen and see what's happening. It's Sunday, June 7th, and you're listening to the Uprise Daily. This is a grassroots effort from activists around the country to compile information about protests that have been happening in the wake of the police murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Our work is by no means comprehensive, and it's all done on a volunteer basis. That being said, here's what happened yesterday on Saturday, June 6th. In Little Rock, Arkansas, hundreds of protesters marched again yesterday downtown, at the Capitol, and at a police substation. In Tuscan, Arizona, thousands of people gathered at the university at a student-organized rally, then marched until the 8 p.m. curfew. At least one person vomited from inhalation of smoke bombs that state police used to control the march. In Los Angeles, California, thousands protested in downtown LA for the 11th consecutive day. Thousands more protested at 16 different locations throughout Los Angeles, including Hollywood, Highland Park, Mid-City, and Koreatown. Late on June 5th, Governor Newsom called for the adoption of new law enforcement standards for crowd control and use of force at protests, saying he would also support legislation to ban the carotid hold, also known as chokeholds. Police and National Guard have been omnipresent throughout the area. National Guard reportedly will begin pulling out of L.A. County area beginning Sunday, June 7th. An investigation was launched into the shooting of a houseless man in a wheelchair on June 2nd by a group of LAPD officers. The man was not part of the protest. In San Francisco, California, a crowd of thousands marched across San Francisco's iconic Golden Gate Bridge. In Washington, D.C., at the largest demonstration yet after nine consecutive days of protest, Hundreds of thousands of people flooded the streets Saturday in at least 10 locations across the city. Some marched from Arlington, Virginia to the Lincoln Memorial. By the afternoon, the crowds met at the scene of last week's police attack in front of the White House, which has since been dubbed Black Lives Matter Plaza. A self-organized festival atmosphere dominated, with DJs, live music, free food, and many open mic speakouts. Artists painted murals and slogans on the boarded up sides of buildings. And at night, groups painted Defund the Police on the street in response to the city's Black Lives Matter mural days earlier. Police and National Guard kept their distance and the downtown area remained a liberated zone. In Orlando, Florida yesterday, over 3,000 peaceful protesters marched through downtown. Police are continuing the use of militarized tactics by placing sound cannons around the perimeter of demonstrations. The 8 p.m. curfew for downtown was lifted, but a tornado ripped through the city center, dispersing the crowd, 
creating widespread damage and displacing residents. Today, many demonstrators are focusing their efforts on neighborhood cleanup. In St. Petersburg, Florida, marches of up to several hundred have taken place day and night since last weekend. Yesterday, protesters again braved heavy rains from tropical storm Cristobal for an afternoon march of close to 300 during the day and a slightly smaller march at night, both taking place downtown. Police officials showed up to the daytime march, but organizers refused to let them join in. Police have continued to urge protesters to stop blocking traffic, but have scaled back their visible presence significantly in recent days after using force earlier this week. In Athens, Georgia, yesterday's protest drew around 3,000 participants. The University of Georgia's campus was barricaded. The National Guard congregated on campus. Helicopters and police drones circled above the rally, and police were positioned on the roofs of nearby buildings. Volunteers with Athens Mutual Aid Network provided supplies and first aid to protesters throughout the night. No arrests reported. In Atlanta, Georgia, on the ninth consecutive day of protest, thousands gathered for nearly a dozen actions happening throughout the city, starting in the morning and leading through the night. Several thousand people marched downtown, and around 10 p.m., a group of protesters engaged in a standoff with police officers in front of the statue of Confederate General John Brown Gordon, calling for the racist monument to be destroyed. Just outside of the city, protesters gathered in front of the governor's mansion around 5 p.m. Hours later, police arrested several protesters after they stepped off the sidewalk. Several protests also happened in the suburbs throughout the day, some with up to a thousand participants. In Iowa City, Iowa, last night, black youth activists calling themselves the Iowa Freedom Riders led a march of about 500 protesters through a residential neighborhood onto Highway 1, blocking traffic with their bodies for an hour. About 50 police officers waited ahead in riot gear, threatening to repel the crowd with tear gas and rubber bullets if they proceeded toward the police line. After some debate, the marchers turned around and returned downtown. The march was preceded by a rally downtown where black activists shared a list of demands with local and state leaders. Saturday marked the sixth day of protest in Iowa City and marked an escalation of disruptive tactics by the Iowa Freedom Riders, who have successfully forced the shutdown of Interstate 80 for the last four days. In Chicago, at least eight different marches happened throughout the day yesterday, many on the south and west sides, which emphasized black and brown unity against police violence. In one march, 30,000 people departed from Union Park as several splinter and breakaway marches roamed the downtown area, which the mayor has cordoned off with road blockades, National Guard, and police checkpoints. The mega march went to the former site of the Carbini Green Public Housing Complex, now an empty lot primed for luxury apartments. 
speakers reminded the crowd of the systemic looting that takes place in one of the most segregated cities in the country. In Monticello, Illinois, hundreds gathered at the Piat County Courthouse on Saturday afternoon to peacefully protest and demand justice after the recent deaths of George Floyd in Minneapolis and Breonna Taylor in Louisville. In Louisville, Kentucky, on Friday, thousands marched on what would have been Breonna Taylor's birthday. Yesterday, crowds released hundreds of balloons in her memory in the sky outside the Kentucky Metro Hall. In a separate event yesterday morning, hundreds of black men gathered in a protest led by black mothers. In New Orleans, yesterday, thousands joined a student-led march despite rain from impending tropical storm Cristobal. The march stopped at the site of a former Confederate memorial that activists successfully organized to remove in 2017. Also, yesterday, lawyers presented physical evidence showing the NOPD lied when they said they did not use projectiles against protesters at the protest the previous Wednesday. In Bogalusa, Louisiana, population 12,000, more than 100 people marched on City Hall Thursday with I Can't Breathe and Black Lives Matter banners. Bogalusa has a long history of white supremacist organizing as well as armed black resistance. In New Iberia, Louisiana, hundreds rallied in front of the New Iberia Courthouse. The event was dubbed Liberty and Justice for All, a united protest against racial injustices and police brutality. In Shreveport, Louisiana, hundreds rallied in downtown Shreveport and marched on the Shreveport Police Department on Saturday. Protesters highlighted the case of Tommy McLaughlin, who died in police custody in April this year. In Lafayette, Louisiana, 500 people rallied on Saturday on the main road in River Ranch, one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in Lafayette. The location was selected to draw attention to the role of white silence in anti-Black violence. In Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Three young people, aged 21 to 22, were arrested related to fires set earlier this week. According to the police, the arrestees said they wished to make a statement in the ongoing civil unrest across the nation against law enforcement. In Baltimore, Maryland, around 4,000 people joined a march and car caravan that snaked through downtown and circled the Baltimore jail. In Bethesda, Maryland, on Saturday, hundreds participated in multiple protests across the area, including at Bethesda Chevy Chase High School and in Cabin John Local Park. In various towns across the Maryland suburbs of DC, hundreds of protesters came out, including in Damascus, Burtonsville, Gaithersburg, and Kensington. In Frederick, Maryland, Friday, up to 5,000 people marched in what may have been the largest protest in the town's history, demanding defunding the police and ending the country's partnership with ICE. There is now a call led by high school students to hold nightly protests downtown. In Detroit, Michigan, yesterday, hundreds joined a march on police headquarters. Again, the police did not enforce the curfew. And after blocking traffic for an after-curfew dance party at the statue of Joe Louis Fist, the march wrapped up on its own terms. 
In the suburbs of Detroit, thousands of people marched in Troy and around a thousand in Clinton Township. In Lansing, Michigan, yesterday, a crowd of hundreds marched on the mayor's house to present a list of demands. Protests in the city began last week and saw large marches, the use of expired tear gas canisters by police, and the deployment of the Michigan National Guard. One car was set on fire after a woman attempted to drive into the crowd. She was not reported to be injured. In Minneapolis, Minnesota, thousands of people marched on the mayor's home demanding he come outside. When he did, he was asked if he would defund and disband the Minneapolis Police Department. When he answered no, the crowd erupted in cries of get the fuck out of here as rally leaders told him to leave. The crowd parted ways for him as he walked away to a thunderous uproar of anger. In St. Louis, a youth-led march walked from University City to Clayton in memory of George Floyd. The group of mostly teenagers then laid down in the middle of the street for nearly nine minutes in memory of George Floyd. Members of the Missouri National Guard were present at the protest, and the city of St. Louis has a 9 p.m. curfew. Up to 5,000 people joined a march in the predominantly white suburb of Kirkwood, organized by black teachers in the local school district. Marching from the middle school to the high school, the participants included families from all over the area, many of whom were joining their first ever demonstration. An afternoon rally and march in the predominantly white suburb of St. Charles honored Breonna Taylor. Marchers attempted to take over a local highway, but were blocked by state police. A small crowd of students and their families also gathered on a street corner to wave signs in South St. Louis County. In Asheville, North Carolina, yesterday, hundreds of volunteers and thousands of protesters marched through the streets. After days of violent intervention, police took a step back and the curfew ordered by the mayor was lifted. The march ended with a rally in which local black leadership spoke to the crowd and issued a list of demands to the city of Asheville and the chief of police. The city continues to close a number of downtown intersections to cars after 5 p.m. As night fell, many protesters reconvened downtown for a series of speakouts and a now nightly candle vigil in remembrance of those lost to police violence. Though dozens of police could be seen preparing in riot gear, the night ended quietly. In New York City, at least 20,000 to 30,000 New Yorkers engaged in rallies and marches in what is now the city's longest sustained and most engaging uprising in recent memory. The Brooklyn Bridge sustained a march of 15,000 protesters around 5 p.m., and both the Brooklyn and Manhattan bridges were shut down. The FDR Drive in downtown Manhattan was also occupied by protesters. Thousands of protesters marched in Manhattan and Brooklyn, and there were smaller decentralized marches in Queens, the Bronx, and Staten Island. At least 1,000 cyclists engaged in a leaderless critical mass-style bike ride in Brooklyn at 6 p.m. For the third night in a row, thousands of people continued marching 
past the official 8 p.m. curfew, occupying full avenues and streets. Protesters continue to work on policy-level initiatives to defund the NYPD, while the phrase, we keep us safe, has become one of the most meaningful chants of the current uprising. The city and its residents seem to be a mixture of shocked, elated, and truly stirred by the events of the past week. Neighbors are talking and laughing together on stoops, banging pots and pans in solidarity, and musicians are playing brass instruments on the street as marchers pass by. Unidentified security forces dressed in menacing security insignia, bearing military gear and body cameras, have appeared on the streets of New York City. And an article from the New York Times today characterized the NYP as using indiscriminate violence against protesters. And the mayor, Bill de Blasio, claimed recently to have not seen any videos of police violence against protesters. In Cincinnati, Ohio, yesterday, hundreds of protesters gathered downtown for the ninth straight day. Various groups and organizations, including the Cincinnati Federation of Teachers, organized the day's protest. Protesters also confronted Mayor John Cranley while he was dining outside downtown last night. A large march is planned for today. In Portland, Oregon, for the 10th consecutive night, protests turned out in the thousands, starting with a hundreds-strong march and teach-in-style rally where Black Portlanders shared their experiences and reflections. After sundown, the gathering marched through the neighborhood, while downtown, multiple gatherings were violently attacked by the police with beatings, tear gas, rubber bullets, concussion grenades, and over 50 arrests. The police live-streamed the protest and allowed media behind the fence with them. The fence around the so-called Justice Center, which is actually a jail with 400 prisoners, has been heavily fortified and expanded. In Eugene, Oregon, protesters marched through downtown in the neighboring town of Springfield in the early evening, while another Black Lives Matter group focused on the abolition of police gathered at the county jail in Eugene. In Johnstown, Pennsylvania, hundreds gathered downtown and later staged a nine-minute die-in on a local highway. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, protests continued for the eighth consecutive day, with a crowd of 100,000 people gathering for the largest demonstration Philadelphia has seen in years. The crowd called for the city council to invest in black communities and vote no on a proposed $14 million increase to police funding. Earlier in the week, the city's main newspaper published an article about looting and vandalism with the headline, Buildings Matter Too. Around 50 staff members of color responded with an open letter calling for changes at the paper and went on strike for a day. Last night, the top editor of the paper announced his resignation. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, several events were held yesterday including a public conversation about racism in the Bloomfield neighborhood and a sit-in at Bakery Square, while multiple protests happened in the suburbs. Outcry against the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette continues to grow since they barred a black reporter, Alexis Johnson, from reporting on the protest because she, quote, 
showed bias. The newspaper referenced a joke tweet as evidence against her. In Nashville, Tennessee, around a thousand people joined a March for Justice organized by local immigrant groups. When the crowd approached the central police precinct, police in riot gear stood behind a plastic barricade as the crowd chanted. Four protesters were treated for heat exhaustion. In Vider, Texas yesterday, hundreds gathered for a Black Lives Matter rally. Vider was a sunset town and is known for heavy KKK activity and being Texas's most hate-filled town. Warnings circulated the days leading up to the event to not go to Vider because it might be a trap, but one local speaker proclaimed, I was part of the problem. Now I want to be part of the solution. There was a small armed counter-protest at the park entrance. No incidents have been reported. In Austin, Texas yesterday, Austin police, including police chief Brian Manley, kneeled at 1 p.m. at police headquarters for 8 minutes and 46 seconds and asked the public to join. Some protesters joined, and other protesters called it a photo op and screamed for the firing of Manley. The police's demonstration comes after two days of city council meetings that discussed the department's handling of ongoing protests, which have left two protesters critically injured. In Salt Lake City, Utah, yesterday, 500 people gathered for a vigil organized by the family of Bernardo Palacios Carvajal, a 22-year-old Latino man that was murdered by the police on May 23rd. Afterwards, a vigil was held for Breonna Taylor. Members of the Utah National Guard were on duty, joined by well-armed police. Yesterday, Students for a Democratic Society at the University of Utah held car caravans to defund the school's police. In Seattle, Washington, Saturday brought the ninth straight day of protest to the streets of the Capitol Hill neighborhood with the now-familiar wall of umbrellas at police barricades. As the sun fell, police launched flashbangs, pepper spray, and smoke bombs into the crowd after a report of demonstrators hurling what the police have claimed to be improvised explosives. The police later posted a photo on Twitter as evidence of this, which showed only a broken wax candle. At least one officer was injured. Later in the evening, several city council members joined the protesters on the front lines, and National Guard and police were moved back. Socialist City Council member Kashama Savant has publicly demanded the resignation of the mayor over abuse of power. In Milwaukee, at least seven marches took place Saturday in the city's largest gathering since the start of protests last week. Star Milwaukee Bucks player and NBA's reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo along with several players, including Sterling Brown, who was beaten and tased by Milwaukee police in January 2018, joined a Southside march demanding justice for Ol Acevedo. A security guard and aspiring police officer, Acevedo was beaten to death by off-duty Milwaukee police officer Michael Mattioli at a house party in April. That's the recap for June 6th. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and power to the people.